0: Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week, we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has attained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for Secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experience of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery and to use these tools with each other as peers. If you are willing to sponsor or to work as a peer, please post a message at secular.overeaters.community at gmail.com. Again, the email address is secular.overeaters.community at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor.
1: All right, I'm Allie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I was introduced to OA, oh, probably late 1982, at which point I stayed for a few months, and then I moved on. My eating history prior to finding OA, I was on the anorexic side, as a uh, starting at the age of 12 most of it was due to stress at home wasn't that i was trying to control my weight it's just that there was so much stress i couldn't eat my stomach was just in knots most of the time later i did start using restricting as a way to control my weight and then eventually when i got married and started having children i you know, had the good sense to think I needed to eat a little more, better, and that started my pattern then of the yo-yoing, of where after having my, uh, the baby, I would then uh, starve myself down to take the weight off, and then once I hit a certain weight, I would binge my way back up, and I did that for like 10 years, and then it was during that yo-yo period is when I first walked into the OA meeting and though I could identify with a lot of people, I um, I wasn't ready. And so I dropped out and then came back in 1985 and I've been in ever since. For me, the steps have saved my life. I was not a happy person. I was not, you know, a particularly nice person to be around. I was a yeller and screamer because I just ate to control those emotions that I was trying to keep down and a time would come and I couldn't and I'd have these explosions so when I finally came to a point where I could not stop shoving the food in my mouth I remember very clearly sitting at the kitchen table and shoving food literally into my mouth I didn't taste it because I ate it so fast thinking to myself I don't even want this but I couldn't stop the arm and the hand from picking up the food and putting it in my mouth. It was like, it was totally two different people. So that's when I looked up an OA meeting because I knew from my earlier experience, I knew where to go. I knew I needed to be around people who understood me. And then after a few months I did get a, uh, a sponsor. And for me, that is what, made the big difference for me because the sponsor was able to explain what each step was about, you know, I'd have signed readings and that type of thing. And then we, you know, came to this step four and I was ready for step four. I was, um, I came in agnostic. My sponsor was agnostic. And so I figured if she was agnostic, she could help me through it. And I was—I knew step four was where I could deal with what the reason I was eating, which was my feelings. So step four, the way I believe in it, it's, it's a time to look within. Step four is about taking inventory, and it's a way of identifying both our weaknesses and our strengths. And my step four was uh, not so much about the harm I had done to others, but it was an inventory of wrongs done to me, whether they were real or perceived. Uh, And I had a lot of anger and I needed a way to get rid of that anger. So my inventory was on my feelings and what caused them. And the fourth step is also a way of identifying old ways of thinking and responding to things. behaviors which don't do me any good as an adult but maybe at the time saved me. You know, one of my things was that fight or flight. Well, I was, I hit, I, you know, to stay out of the way at home, not to get noticed. Well, fleeing in any kind of a a disagreement with my husband didn't work because that didn't solve anything. And I internalized every, all my feelings that way. And additionally, I did have a list of the things that I had done that I harmed other people, things that I felt bad about and wish I could correct. You know, this, there was one that I, you know, uh, snubbed several friends and wouldn't have anything more to do with them. And they really hadn't done anything wrong. It was more, I had perceived they had. And when I looked at it in the inventory I found, I realized that I was very much in the wrong. And I know step four for a lot of people is scary because we are facing our past and things, there are things in that that we would rather forget. But I don't know about anyone else, but the truth is I wasn't forgetting those things, not really. I would just replay the hurt over and over in my head, reliving the hurt or anger. And the fourth step for me was my way out of that vicious cycle. Now, I was a little nerve wracking to um, think about I was going to have to now tell my sponsor all these things I had written down. Now, some of it, I really, the things that, you know, that had gone on in our my household that when I was a child, I was more than willing to tell you how awful I had it because I was true victim. Of, you know, playing the victim and the martyr and how awful, you know, the my marriage, you know, issues in my marriage were. But there were a few things on mine that I had done that I really didn't want to have to admit. But I knew if I was going to get what I needed from this program, I was going to have to do it. So some people would say, well, why do I have to tell another person my fourth step? Well, I know that that, uh, the thought of identifying your faults and wrongdoings and they've had and you have that list and you think, well, OK, I've done enough and I don't need to tell anybody else. I now see what I've done. And they look at it as a learning process and, you know, and to move on. But we aren't always honest with ourselves. I personally can rationalize any behavior of mine. And, um, you know, for instance, I'll tell myself that they were more at fault than me. They deserved what they got. What they did was way worse than what I did, and, and what I did wasn't that bad, and I can just fool myself in that regard. We need to share with another person, and it's preferably with a 12-step person, someone who you know understands what we're trying to do, or a therapist, because I know many people have used the therapist for their fourth step, but the important thing is to share it with someone. By sharing, we are being honest uh, with what happened to us and what actions of harm we have done. We can share our shame, anger, and guilt. We find out a lot of times we are not alone. That most likely the person we are sharing this with has felt and done similar things. There is also uh, no judgment. And like I said, for me, I was accepted after you know telling my you know sponsor some of the things I had done. And what some of her reactions were, so, you know, because I tended myself to make this a uh, thing that was not that big of a deal into a mountain, and thinking, oh, it was just so awful. When in fact, what I had done was not that bad, uh, but I thought it was. And then by doing that too, we have another person who knows us and accepts us, and by sharing a uh, fifth step with um, another person, is we are connecting. And I think that's what a lot of this program is about, is connecting because we're so isolated in our disease. One of the things too is that there no longer were secrets. Secrets of what transpired at home, no secrets of how I ate, no secrets regarding my life. And uh, I had things on my fourth step that I swore I was gonna take to my grave. But I went ahead, the phrase, half measures avail us nothing, that would pop in my head every time I wanted to skip over something because I didn't want to admit to having done this. And and I knew I had to be honest and open in order uh, to get the recovery I wanted. And then one of the, um, and like, as I said, it is to be a connection with another imperfect human being. And... So I found this quote in a book I have that says connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Now, that to me epitomizes step five, because I did feel like I had been seen and heard. and and valued as an individual. So step four and five were freeing for me. I felt like a burden had been lifted off my shoulders. And though that burden wasn't visible to anyone, I had been feeling it, you know, bogged down. And um, I will close with this one uh, phrase that I have heard in the meetings and I heard it again just recently. If I don't share it, I wear it. And I do believe that, uh, you know, that comes down to the secrets we keep is is not going to help my program any. So with that, I will pass.
2: Thank you, Allie. Now, uh, Allie, you had some questions for us that you wanted us to discuss. Do I take advantage of opportunities to learn? And then how can we move from feelings of shame about ourselves to a life of abstinence and recovery? Do you think step four can help you with this? And What are your thoughts on the actual process of doing step five? Do you think you have the capacity to be honest with another individual? And what are your thoughts on whom to share, to choose to share your fourth step? Allie, those are wonderful questions for us to think about and as sponsors and sponsees to think about how uh, we will answer those. Maura, you have a question.
3: Actually, I just have a comment. Hi, it's Mora McPulse Wovrita, and um, I just wanted to say I found that really useful. So, to the lady who kind of um, kind of put those together, um, it made me think much more challengingly. So, the conversation that I had in the room was just much more probing than I had expected it to be. Thank you for that. And next, we have Mary. I'm Mary Pasolo, Rita. I had a comment and a question. I mean, I I think this is the second time I've been to this meeting and the breakout room is interesting for me because I never, I think in 25 years of being in and out of fellowships, I've never spoken to people one-on-one, honestly. And so as the time was going on, I was thinking, I can't believe I'm still here. And I began to relax a bit. And so it's a very good tool for me. My question is this, how do you build trust enough to share what one has done that's not been healthy, but what has been done to oneself? How does one build trust?
2: Allie, you've been dealing with step four and five. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, well, as for myself, um, you know, it, it was before Zoom, because I've been in, you know, uh, 36 years, but I, you know, it was face-to-face meetings and getting my sponsor and having one-on-one with them before even starting my step four. So there were things, you know, I shared or she shared, you know, her, uh, what had, uh, I found out that Without uh, knowing it, when I picked her, she had a very similar background, experiences that I had, which gave me hope because I thought if she can get through this, I can get through this. So we'd had been meeting and talking quite a bit by the time I did my fourth step, and you know I do know people who shared it with their therapist and not their sponsor. You know, there's nothing that says you have to do it with your sponsor if you don't feel comfortable. I did. I felt, you know, that I could trust her and I shared mine, but I know of others who have used their therapist. I even know one person. I still think this is quite amazing that she basically picked a stranger at a park bench and walked away because she thought that this person will never see me again. I think that's kind of extreme, but it seemed to work for her. I feel sorry for the stranger who probably got dumped on, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking what the heck, but So i wouldn't say i recommend that method because the person should have an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish and as long as the person you're sharing it with is not someone on that fourth step to where you're going to be divulging things that you know that might be harmful or hurtful to them but most of the time i believe it's with sponsors but you've built that trust up in the weeks even maybe months prior to the time because you're going to be working on a four-step for quite a while. You know, it's not something that you do in a day. And you're sharing and you're still talking in, the, in between. So that's how I looked at it.
3: That is a very useful answer to me. Specific, Very, very useful. Thank you very much, Ali.
0: Thank you for joining us today. To hear recordings of other speakers in this series, visit secularovereaters.org. And while you are there, please consider making a donation to support our work.